0: The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season. This is WHIO's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everybody. Dayton is our number one priority. You know that. And as news breaks, we'll break in anytime. Dayton's all news and talk is 1290-957-WHIO. There is a season.
1: Welcome to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf.
2: And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Thank you very much for joining us to talk about life, its joys and its sorrows, its triumphs and tribulations, its challenges, and the solutions we discover through the different seasons of our lives.
1: This show is all about that and a lot more, and we rely on your own stories and insights to make the program even better. We're not taking calls today, but we'd love to hear from you anyway, so just drop us an email to Bob and Gloria at there is a Well, the summer of love, the summer of chaos, the summer of COVID, continues, and I would bet that most people are struggling to get through a day without thinking or discussing about some aspect of the crazy news or whatever's going on. Uh, you mentioned tribulations and so forth. I, I bet a lot of people every day are thinking about something that we faced as a nation this year.
2: Yeah, I tell myself I'm going to avoid the news on this or that day, but we've kind of gotten used to checking in on the latest crazy news, be it about COVID or the anarchy in major cities or something the president said or what
1: have you. It's a testament, I guess, to the promotional abilities of our news media that even while some organizations and news genres are in decline most would cite the newspaper right a lot of people are not as reading as many newspapers as they used to Uh, the interest in what's going on uh, continues to pulse we tune into fox news and other cable channels we check the local news or what the governor is going to say next a lot of people are wondering about schools right now and what's going to happen there and this is aside from you know the stunning video that we're watching about street chaos uh, on an almost daily or nightly basis
2: yeah and the shocking treatment of our law enforcement it's unbelievable yeah it's, I, I just keep thinking to myself how is this helping any movement any you know consideration of anything that people are angry about right very I troubling. don't know so well as we've made our way with you through these last weeks we've tried to talk through a lot of these major issues and occasional stop down to talk about something else yeah but today we want to get very tactical. We want to give you some hands-on tips for being prepared going forward in our society.
1: And that could cover a lot of topics. We're not going to go uh, you know, neck deep into the top hundred things you'll need if you're going off the grid. You know, Kind of like this is not going to be a prepper show per se. Uh, there are other professionals, including some on this station, better qualified to talk to you about bugging out and what provisions or weapons or gear you might need and all of that if you go down that road. Still, as Gloria said, we wanted to boil this down into a handful of things you can do right now that you should do right now to be generally better prepared.
2: And of course, anything you hear today can be supplemented by your own experience and knowledge. And if you'd like to share that with us, we'll be happy to pass along whatever you can share. Just write to us at Bob and Gloria at there is a
1: Okay, Gloria, so we've we've got three main areas we want to discuss today, and what are those? Well, the first, Bob, is the kind of broad approach
2: to preparedness. Think, what will I do if there's a disaster of some kind? Do I have a plan?
1: Yeah, we, and we've had some disasters. It,
2: right, and I think we think about it, you know, very um, momentarily maybe. We'll get to that someday, make a plan, and we don't. Now, later on, we're going to talk about a number of scenarios, perhaps more on the minds of those who listen to this show and follow the news. What do I need to do to be prepared to go into the hospital? What about if my loved one needs to go to the hospital? I mean, you know, we may have to think for other people, too, because we're not all thinking about these things. And, you know, it would be prudent to do so.
1: And and I've noticed that I've, I've gone through that with some family members right now who had to kind of think the whole process of being hospitalized. What 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 was that going to involve?
2: Right, because we have to remember and know there are significant restrictions on family accompanying their loved ones into hospitals right now.
1: Right, right.
2: So the last topic now is somewhat related to the second topic. How can I be prepared if I need to travel in an emergency? or just even travel, say to support a family member in another state who may suddenly, or just may need my help, perhaps their spouse has gone into the hospital or there is just some other
1: emergency or need out of town. So again, not, not being preppers here, we're not gonna no. get into jarring food and, and all of this kind of stuff, but, right. but we're talking about having some better sense of preparation because as you say, a lot of people take this for granted. And, and what do you do? So you mentioned disasters. There are a lot of ways to define what a disaster is, right?
2: Yeah, we don't even need to discuss social unrest and COVID to remember that many, many people are affected each year by weather disasters, right? We've right. had quite a few with fires and yeah, you know hurricanes. Backyard. We had our own disaster last year in this region. So first we're gonna talk about having a general emergency plan for you and your loved ones. This is so that when a dis- disaster strikes, you don't add to the chaos. And potential danger by having like no idea what to do next
1: remember i mean we had it here i don't know if people remember this they probably do when the power goes out as it did uh i think it was 2008 or so during the aftermath of hurricane ike right i remember it here because you know power went out for i think about 3 million people in the state of ohio and it's amazing you live your life with all these you know comforts and luxuries and so forth that rely on electricity and it was amazing how rustic life got all of a sudden. You know, you needed water that you could flush your toilets with, right? If you have a septic system, right. yeah. if you're on, if you're on a, a well. Uh, I saw a lot of people have to go through that. And so for five, six, seven, eight days, we were kind of uh, hamstrung. And and that was a very minor thing compared to what people went through with hurricanes uh, and tornadoes more recently here in our area. Right,
2: right. So. It might not be a full-blown disaster, but you can see just how unsettling something like a power outage can be, and it can affect some people much more than others, including the elderly, um, the elderly living alone, those on medical equipment that require power, and so forth.
1: So one of the things that the pros who study this stuff have come to understand is that there are limits to what the cavalry can do. You know, you see that, you know, got to call in the cavalry when there's when there's an emergency, call in the sheriff, right? Well, that is while our first responders are generally fantastic in times of crisis, and while they may in turn be backed up by FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, and groups like the National Guard, and by the generosity of fellow citizens and churches and companies following a tragedy, the reality is in a disaster, things take time. Things are chaotic. Assets get stretched very thin. Right,
2: and even the best laid plans can be overwhelmed initially, like with Hurricane Katrina in 2005 and other big hurricanes since then, right? That,
1: I remember that my brother was involved in some of the emergency stuff about that. He was talking about how it was a 90,000 square mile disaster, an act of God that was far beyond the scope of most hurricanes because of the way it came ashore. And it didn't matter how much stuff you had prepositioned; it was still going to be a, a physical uh, disaster for that region. Right.
2: So sometimes, federal, state, and local authorities work like a well-oiled machine. Other times, it's a struggle to get the help, you know, where it's needed, as you just pointed out. So again, while these teams do their best to respond as quickly and thoroughly as possible, experts encourage and even implore everyone to be their own emergency manager. Now, author Marcy Roth helped detail what being your own
1: emergency manager can include. And she penned this article for FEMA and and discussed, you know, shifting your mentality to not always being relying on somebody else. I mean, again, we want to rely on these people as much as we can, but a lot of times they're stretched thin. So what can you do on your own? And she points out that when disaster strikes, you may have to be able to survive on your own for 72 hours or more without access to power. Without access to food, maybe transportation, right? You should think about your own situation and what additional needs you might have. And supporting community preparedness is really part of the big mission of FEMA. And they've done a lot of research and obtained guidance from people uh, of all different walks. So, you know, I don't care where you live, you know, there are some things here that are important for you to know. But I think Gloria, it's very important if you're helping to care for somebody who's got some disabilities or maybe some other challenges, where these things become compounded in a disaster.
2: Yeah, for any of us, but particularly for yeah people with disabilities or maybe you know the elderly. So, so what's the
1: what's the first thing somebody could do?
2: Well, well, you could have an emergency or should have an emergency supply kit ready at all times. And make sure you know where it is
1: and it's easily accessible you mean that little thing you just you know like i don't know where i sat better it's in a closet buried you
2: know so make sure you have enough water we should all always have enough water on hand food and medications for yourself and if you have an animal to last at least three days so you have to think about the pets and you have to think about yourself think about other items you may need as well extra eyeglasses batteries you know batteries for flashlights batteries for anything your phone you know phone chargers medical supplies and if you have hearing aids you need extra batteries for hearing aids these are little things think of everything you rely on every day right that's what you need to do every day what do i rely on and then make sure you're ready
1: and you can run this list as far as oh, you okay. wanted to right? right so in in uh, bad weather for instance uh, I've, I've been in situations sometimes where the furnace has been out right Well, there's a big difference between the furnace going out in September and the furnace going out in February. Right. And so you may need, you know, assuming you still have electricity running, you might need portable heaters as long as you use those safely, right? They always have those cautions about not using them around bed linens and curtains and all that. But you need heat. That's a basic thing to be thinking about. Right. And water is huge, too. People
2: don't realize the water. And, you know, you and I both live on properties with septic systems, so you need water in big, huge containers so that you could continue to flush your
1: toilets. Flush toilets and you need fresh water to drink. And right. fresh
2: water to drink. And, and you can store the water for flushing year round in five gallon, you know, what they call them camping containers or whatever. People need to think about this
1: and because even,
2: you may not realize how nice it is to flush a toilet
1: Well yeah, you can't for four or five days. We back again to the Hurricane right? Ike, I was borrowing water from uh, us, from you at some point, <laughs> but before that was my neighbor's pool. Right. You know, to be able right. to flush the toilets. And really, as important or even more important is the fresh water. So if you're relying on, you know, a well and so forth, you need that backed up. So just think think very basically, what are the comforts right now you're taking for granted that you might need to replace? Right. Now, another important thing Mm -hmm. is what? Make sure you have an emergency
2: communication plan in place. How will you contact your family members if something happens and you're separated? Make sure you share this plan with neighbors, friends, and your relatives so they know how to contact you if the power goes out. It's something that you can just talk about briefly. It doesn't have to be a long conversation. But hey, if this happens,
1: this is how you can get a hold of me. Or try this. And this could be particularly challenging, though, if, if a family is, is uh, decentralized. Say say you've got some... Maybe your kids are grown and they're out on their own someplace. Or maybe just in the course of a day. Somebody's off at a job. Somebody's off at a, at school and people aren't in a central area. I mean, at, at it's most uh, essential at, at, a, at a very minimal level, they talk about a communication plan. If there's say a fire at your house or something like that, where are we going to meet on the property to make sure we can do a head count, that everybody got out safe. But now take that larger, let's say the house got destroyed or damaged and people are all over the place. How will people communicate? How will you track folks down?
2: Right. And I really do think that just at the very basic level, something that people may not continually think about, you know, often we let our cell phones, which is our main mode of trans, uh, communication these days. You know, a lot of us don't have landlines. We let the batteries run low. Not a good idea if you have a power outage in the middle
1: of the night. Right. You We really should keep
2: our phones charged all the time so right. that if we're going to lose power for a while,
1: you know, we've got lots more ahead, including how to prepare for disasters, but also sudden hospitalization, maybe your own, and how also to prepare for emergency travel.
2: Stay with us. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and
0: Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.
1: Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob Wolf.
2: And I'm Gloria Shanahan.
1: We've been talking today about being prepared, having some level of preparedness, and we've broke it into three areas. We're talking here about disaster preparedness, and again, just short of being preppers, what are some things you should have that are just absolutely basic, in in case of a disaster. We're going to talk a little later on about hospitalization. What do you need if if you're going into the hospital? And then also, what do you need if you're going to do any kind of emergency, quick, sudden travel someplace? And we'll get to those shortly. So when we went to our break, we were talking here about some things recommended by FEMA. And we've talked about a communication plan. We talked about having an emergency kit ready. And what's another thing that people need to think about?
2: Well, you want to have a a map, per se, of resources around where you live and, you know, possibly where you work. So that members of your support network, you know, your family or your neighborhood, who might be unfamiliar with the area can find and get what you need. Just have a list. Let's say you
1: do that emergency travel and you've got to go someplace. They don't know anything maybe about... And maybe they grew up there, but if right. they didn't, they wouldn't know the town or where things are. Right.
2: So you may want to include nearby places to buy food and water, how to get to the little, you know, closest grocery store. Um, you might want to include fire police and other city agencies and phone numbers. You know. So um, if the and and also if the power might be out in this other, area, who do you call to report it? What do you do? Consider adding um, maybe taxi stands or bus stops or Subway stations and parking regulations—all the information so that somebody could navigate that area if they're
1: unfamiliar. That's an right? important thing. Just write it down. Yeah, right, right. Now, here's one that's a little tricky because if if the people you're relying on are themselves, uh, in, you know incapacitated in some way, you may not be able to rely on them. But you you do want to have a general understanding of who you can rely on and what they're going to do if you're in an emergency. So if you're on dialysis, that's an important thing. What or will oxygen. your provider yeah. do or oxygen? Yep. Um, when, when power was out back again with the hurricane for seven or eight days, I remember calling uh, the power company, not just to complain for my own sake, but to say, hey, we've got people on our road here with medical equipment. I don't know that everybody has generators. Right. What do we do? You know, Can you make us a priority? So if you're relying on other people or you're relying on services such as Meals on Wheels, uh, what are what are their plans for emergency notification? Uh, for communicating with you. Like you say, oxygen, other life-sustaining equipment. What is the plan if something disrupts that? Right. Another thing that's important, which I had mentioned, was to keep everything
2: charged. You know, I mentioned phones, but if you have a power wheelchair that you need to get around, keep it charged up at all times. And make sure that you have access to all important
1: documents. Which we're going to get into a lot more. Right. Collect
2: critical documents, store them somehow. And uh, if you feel comfortable, give a copy to a trusted relative or friend outside your area.
1: Now, we're going to encourage you here, here to uh, head out to ready.gov. That is the website that FEMA has uh, put together. They have a go bag described in there, which includes uh, disaster supplies, additional emergency supplies and so forth. It gets very detailed. And they also get into some other things related to documents, but we're going to be covering some of that next week. Plenty of stuff out there at the website ready.gov. We'll be back with more right after this.
2: You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.
1: It's
0: our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. W... This is WHIO's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, this is Rush Limbaugh. This is my home in the Miami Valley. Dayton is our number one priority. You know that. And as news breaks, we'll break in anytime. 1290-957-WHIO.
1: Welcome back to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf.
2: And I'm Gloria Shanahan.
1: We've been talking today about being prepared. A lot of ways you can be prepared, right? You can stock up on food and water. You could have a first aid kit put aside. Uh, FEMA has a lot of recommendations, which we've been reviewing in the first part of our program.
2: And I think every individual, we prepare in different ways, or we focus on certain things, maybe. So we're trying to give you an overall, you know, kind of combined idea of things that you might not think of.
1: Right. And, and, and they could apply to your car. They could apply to your home. But we started this program thinking about the big stuff. What happens if there's a disaster and so forth? Let's switch gears now and step back from those bigger disasters, uh, you know, as, as in the one that could affect all of us on a street or in a neighborhood to one that might affect any one of us or a loved one.
2: So now this next topic could be of benefit for something that you had scheduled, something uh-huh. elective per se, mm-hmm. but will be of even bigger benefit in the event of something sudden. Now, we're talking about a hospitalization. There are many sudden ways that any of us could find ourselves in the hospital, right? Yeah. It's not just a pandemic. It could be a car accident, a heart attack, a stroke, a fall, a gallbladder attack. and any emergency health condition, right? right? So in this age of COVID restrictions by hospitals, and there are restrictions, um, and medical providers across the country, it's smart to have your stuff together for a possible hospital stay or visit ahead of time, ready to go.
1: Yeah, and, and you don't know how you're going to be, how sudden yeah. or how severe something might be uh, that's happening to you. And you might think, well, having this list of things is not that important. I'm obviously in pain or I've had a heart attack. Right? right. And think about if you had to ask your spouse right now, everybody think about this. Um,
2: hey, what do you want me to pack? Or you know, what, what can I tell you to pack? You're stressed. They don't know where things are. We all know where our stuff is and what we want or what we might need. So get it ready ahead of time. And then you say, grab that bag or send this bag along with the ambulance.
1: Yeah. Now, this could be a, this could be an overlap with some of the stuff they heard that we were talking about within the FEMA thing, or it could be a subset of it. You, you, you know, let's say your your go bag with the with the FEMA preparedness. Right. is has got certain kinds of things in it. Uh, but this is something a little bit more personal. You, this is for what you could possibly bring into a right. hospital.
2: And, and I'd like everybody to think about maybe having. We all have extras of many things, right? Extra toothbrushes. all that. think of literally Filling a bag with things you use every day, but that you don't have to get into. Okay. So a cell phone, obviously you would take that at the last minute, but an extra charger and a cord. If you forget to pull that out of your outlet, you're in trouble when you get to the hospital because nobody can bring you one. Right. Right now in our current situation. Toothbrush, paste, shampoo, brush, hairdryer, any type of hygiene products. For women, maybe some feminine products, right? Shaving equipment for men, maybe. Uh, they're they're not plentiful in hospitals and sometimes you don't like what they have anyway
1: okay, and it's not to say that they wouldn't try to bail you out in some of these situations right. but again their focus is on your health, health right and
2: now. your care right so if you have these things it's just it makes life more you know easy for you
1: and for them we're calling this the hospital bag yes right. we're
2: calling yeah. this the hospital bag have a pair of pajamas in there some socks and don't forget underwear and Maybe depends if needed. Those, you know, there's a lot of things in short supply right now in hospitals, right? Have some slippers or a pair of slip-on shoes that are put on easily. So those are things.
1: And and that, that list again could be could be longer or shorter. You don't want this thing bursting, to, you know? No, flowing. these are
2: more essentials. Right. So, so let's basics. just say
1: you get past that emergency thing and you're now back and you're you're recouping, right? right. You're recovering. You need some nice personal things to right. make you comfortable. What else? Uh, you might want some bottles of water. You know, If you don't like whatever they're serving there to drink or you don't like their ice water, you might want a book to read, okay? Because you know, who knows? I mean, being in a hospital it ain't fun. It ain't fun at all. Right. Uh, you might want, um, uh, you mentioned glasses, having an extra set of uh, glasses. You might want to think about your readers there. Uh-huh. You might want to have a photo of a loved one. Okay, it's a stressful time being in the hospital. Just a small print, doesn't have to be a frame. That's right. It is important
2: to what? Leave your jewelry or valuables at home. And remember, you know, in this time of COVID, you won't be able to give this to any visitors or family for safekeeping after the fact that you're in. Um, I have a relative that was just asked to have her ring cut off, her her marital ring, in the hospital. She's like, no way, no way. But she had nobody to give it to. They don't like to have that on, so they had to tape everything up. And you'd so, be worried about it, too. You don't,
1: it's, you don't want to have to distrust the staff, but you would be worried about, you know, chain of custody exactly. and stuff
2: like that. Make sure that people um, are identified that need to be contacted or that may call in that have permission to get your medical, you know, information. So son, daughter, parents, brother, sister, or a trusted friend, whoever you identify, make sure they're identified. And I mean maybe on an index card and you hand it to the nurse or have them put it up on your board.
1: You may also need to, and we're gonna get into this more next week. That may be part of the essential documents. You may have to have HIPAA designation. Don't just assume because you're an adult child uh, taking care of a parent that you'll have access to their medical condition or updates. Right. Don't make that assumption. A lot of people do. Oh, well, there's my daughter or oh, that's my son. Not necessarily the case. You, you have to have HIPAA documentation signed and authorized as we found for virtually every every situation you're in. Right.
2: If you're in a hospital network, you can do ahead of time. You can call, get the paperwork, and it will be in their computer system of who you give
1: access to. And I recommend doing that for people out of town as well. We'll also get into next week in more detail things like powers of attorney and living will documents. And these should be notarized copies in uh, an envelope that go with you in an emergency to the hospital. Um, or go with the loved one who's accompanying you to the hospital as far as the, the, that person can go. You just want to make sure you have her prepared and it's sitting where it needs to be.
2: Something that I heard recently a, a physician talking about that's extremely important in this era of COVID is make sure that you have documented. You might not be able to talk when you get to the hospital. Make sure that somebody knows prior medical conditions. If you have asthma or pulmonary fibrosis of any type and you have COVID, you need to let them know your baseline. So have those records available to them so that they know where they're starting from and not assume, oh, this is way worse than, you know what I'm saying?
1: And and because an awful lot of uh, seniors uh, take a lot of medications, mm-hmm. uh, it's important to start that process even before the hospital. So one thing that I know a lot of people will do is they will post medications and they'll leave them and you know in an envelope with a magnet on the refrigerator right. so that if EMT people come to a situation they know what somebody's taken before they start administering yeah. any kind of life-saving drugs
2: right for. everything should be there something that somebody can grab and look at quickly
1: so let's call that the hospitalization or the hospital bag part of this now something else that's kind of related can be related maybe you're not going to the hospital directly maybe someone you love is not necessarily going to the hospital, but you have some need for emergency travel. Right. What are you going to do? This is short, not the big disaster bug out necessarily, and it's not going to the hospital. But you need to have a, some other kind of a bag designated with...
2: Much of the same things, racistly. You know, your um, set of extra clothing, maybe, pajamas, robes, socks, underwear, personal hygiene products, right? A lot of the same exact things that we just mentioned for... A hospital bag um and re- like i said remember it can be packed and just sitting ready to go for a trip you might get a call in the middle of the night you need to be ready quickly so your cell phone chargers make sure maybe you have your credit card and a- some extra cash some on extra hand cash, right? also packed in the bag um, a lot of people can't sleep without their own pillow maybe take your own blanket or an extra blanket which is also handy to have in the car anyway. Some kind of small
1: noisemaker, I, I know. Was, you know? <laughs> yes. A lot of people like a like fan. To, a fan or whatever. <laughs> now keep in mind, too, when we talk about emergency travel, this, this is a tip I think somebody gave us. There are a lot of places you can't stop anymore. You know, in these states with, with various restrictions on COVID, you know, if, if things are gonna be more restrictive, less restrictive, those things are gonna change, right? So let's say people are on the move. And it could because of it could be because of something like a hurricane, right? That came through, or a tornado that a lot of people had to move from one place to another. I'm thinking about these people who have to flee from South Carolina or North Carolina in, in disaster. Right. Motels and hotels fill up. Rest areas fill up. During COVID, a lot of rest areas have been closed off, right? Or they are at certain periods of time. Yeah, and hotels so as well. What if you have to go to the restroom? Okay, now I forget what they're called. You can cover this, Bob. The, the, this part, I don't know. Yes, what they're called Truckers, helpers, or whatever. But you may want a container of some. If you're not very practiced at going out in the woods, and I and I don't blame you if you're not, you may have to somehow get through the emergency. If you're going four, five hundred miles, how am I going to go to the restroom? And believe it or not, on our good old Amazon.com, there are
2: specific things that you can buy that are travel items for this exact thing that are quite amazing and convenient. Now, I haven't used one myself,
1: but I know people that do. And, and you know, you, you might be laughing if you're hearing this and so forth, but just, just think, if you had to go take care of somebody several states away or for any reason you had to do emergency travel, have you thought through right. what's available and what's not? I used to say, well, you could go just about any place in the world or any place in the United States anyway, and there'd be a Walmart or something handy for every sundry you could possibly need and maybe other supplies, right? Your battery goes bad on your car, whatever. And let's hope that places like Walmart are still available, but they might not be. And
2: they weren't. Several months back, retail was shut down some places, you know, especially if they're places that don't have a grocery store in them. They were shut down a lot of things.
1: Rest areas were shut down. You may not have a lot of extras of these, but think also on the checklist. And here's something I wanted to point out. Think about meds is Mm, what I was going to get to here. What might be a good idea here is that you have an index card. You can laminate it if you want, attached to these various kinds of bags. And there's two points to that. One is it could tell you what should be in the bag. Right. And then you might do a quick check to make sure those things are in there. And if there are things like your medications, which wouldn't always sit in the bag because you don't want them lying around, then at least you could put them in there. But the other thing is you might want to say, let's have the list of two things. Here's what I know is in the bag, and I'm not touching it. I didn't take anything out of it. Mm -hmm. I'm leaving it there. Right. And then here are the things to check to make sure they get in the bag. Right. The peace of mind that can offer you so that you're not suddenly grabbing a duffel bag or a suitcase and saying it's empty. What do I put in it now? It's enormous to be able to have that checklist in mind.
2: Yeah, it's unbelievable. But I actually have a little tiny notebook at home. We used to camp when our children were little. And I, it's like full of everything you take
1: if we're going camping. And it's boom, 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 boom. So it's easy. We've talked about copies of powers of attorney and medical information is mentioned for whomever you're going to care or or speak for. So if you're going someplace to take care of somebody. Yeah, you need, you need, that need info. to make sure
2: and talk about that now with your loved ones. Where are those papers, right? Yep. because you may not be able to find them or get to them.
1: God forbid you have an accident on the way when you're traveling or some or other you problem. Or get sick. Right, have your own information with you, with just you. in case.
2: Right, make sure that you have an extra set of keys for your family member or caregiver or for extra cars. I know um, my parents,
1: I have keys for all my parents' homes, just in case. In the age of COVID, you need to have wipes sanitizer, masks, gloves, maybe paper towels, etc., available in every car that you own. Right.
2: Make sure that um, you take a notebook or some type of, um, something to record info from doctors and a pen or any calls that you make on behalf of the person so that you can keep track of pertinent information. And last but not least, you need to have a route and directions ready to go. If you're traveling out of state and you don't know where you're going, yeah. a way to get there and,
1: and you know and, and generally have your car i guess gassed up and well maintained yeah. and jumper cables and all that kind of stuff we don't want to be nervous Nellies here and, and, and try to nanny your way through all this some people think of these things as no-brainers but there are far too many who don't who have no Fly plan by the of their right right it's never going to happen to me right so we're trying to give you some tips here again we started with the fema stuff the big disaster stuff we've talked about a hospital bag and now we've talked here about emergency travel We'll have more when we come back right after this.
2: You are listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.
0: It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather and traffic, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and
1: Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. We've been talking today about preparedness, right? All kinds of different levels of preparedness, and we hope that you've been able to take notes today. We can point you toward our podcast if you write us an email here after the show. Now, next week, we're going to get into part two of this concept of preparedness, and we've alluded to it today with a topic that's familiar to some of our longtime listeners. And that's talking about our essential documents, right? We are, we, there are important conversations that need to happen first, right, oh, to yeah. create these documents. And you know, some
2: conversations that might need to be updated.
1: Yeah, so you might be sitting there saying, oh yeah, I did my will, I did my powers of attorney. maybe 16 years ago or something like that. right and things have changed. right. So the the essential documents will be our, our, our topic next week. and we're going to get into what they include. and we'll run these down real quick right now. So the property, first
2: which would include wills, trust, the management and disposition of our estate, right? Powers, the durable power of attorney for healthcare and for financial matters. Directives, our advanced directive, our living will, and potentially a DNR.
1: Right. Do not not resuscitate. Think about these things and how they're going to apply possibly to the COVID world, but also just Just in general. What do you need to be prepared? Right. HIPAA, we referred to it earlier in the program. These are the documents that give people, you want to have information about you, the authority. Uh, to have that right you can't just share stuff willy-nilly in hospitals,
2: right? And it's always good idea to have a letter of instruction and these include all the little things that we need Or want to tell people if and when we are not able to tell people so have it ahead of time
1: Yeah, and this could this could be I'm incapacitated, right, but it could also be I die, right? So the letter of instruction that we've talked about in the past when we've talked about essential docs or our legacy file includes A lot of things that don't necessarily fall into the legal document status. Right. But passwords and... Or wishes. Keys. I want this to go to
2: this person. You know, things that you just want people to know.
1: Right. It'll be a jam-packed show. And uh, we very much urge you uh, to uh, make, make... time to, to hear it next week, to take notes. It's been one of our most popular shows over the years, and we're going to bring it back. Those are the essential docs. If you have any questions or thoughts about today's show, you can write to us at, at Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. We'd love to hear from you. That'll do it for us today. Remember, dear friend, seek grace in every step and never regret going older. It is a privilege denied to many. We're here for each other, and we're here for you. For my dear friend and co-host, Gloria Shanahan, ever prepared. I
2: am. I am.
1: Our terrific producers and everyone who makes the show possible. Thanks for your time, (laughs) attention, and interest to what we do here. We'll see you again soon. You've been listening to There Is a Season. On AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Have a blessed week.
0: It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's news and talk. WHIO Dayton, WHIO FM, Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station from the CJSHeatingAndAir.com studios. You call, we come, it's fixed.